When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm feeling good, man. We have a very exciting episode. I love doing these news episodes. You and I got to play a game against each other in person this week. It's great. Yeah, man. Just a good time. Yeah, so really exciting things on today's episode. Number one, as Chris just said, we're doing our news roundup, which we have not done in some time. We did do that giant shield episode not terribly long ago. And this is going to be our final news roundup before mini stravaganza. And then, of course, as you might not know at home, listener, if you're new here, but if you're a seasoned listener, you'll know that Chris and I will be covering everything from mini stravaganza in a big mini stravaganza episode. So we wanted to put a pin in all the news we've had with S.H.I.E.L.D., with these Black Order announcements, with some of the things that AMG is doing right now, and just have that done <laughs> before Mini Stravaganza right. comes. Because it seems like a moot point after Mini Stravaganza, Chris, and we also just kind of want to have a good calm before the storm like we talked about on our last episode with Moon Knight. We're just doing what we can right now, and then it's going to hit. <laughs> right. We're going to tie up the loose ends from before Mini Stravaganza and then hit it full force. It's going to be very exciting. We all have our guesses. You've all heard mine several times. Yep. Let's leave them hanging. But uh, man, it's it's going to be very cool. Even if we're all guessing correctly and whoever you're pulling for, it's going to be exciting to see the sculpts as well. So it's not just, I hope we get character X. It's, I want to see how it's, how that character's posed. I want to see how good the sculpt is. I want to see those stats. I want to see that kit. It's everything, man. It's going to be very, very fun. Oh, absolutely. And let's also not forget just these great panels and streams and painting tip guides and all the things that AMG does during Moose Travaganza Weekend, supplementing the news. You know, there's a lot that they do on this Thursday, Friday, Saturday plan they have. And I will say, Chris, and for the listener at home too, don't get too excited because Mini Stravaganza 4 will happen this fall because it seems like that's their format now. They do the Mini Stravaganza in the summer. So last year, that for us was that giant Spider Foes announcement. Right. And then they have that fall Mini Stravaganza, which, was, of course, in our case this time was a bunch, a bunch of things. But the biggest part for you and I was Mutants Wave 2, you know? So they, they kind of split the hype and they split the excitement appropriately so another one's coming later and we'll cover that too and i'm already excited for it i am too i am too do you think we can get a a mutant wave every fall that's just you and me being selfish chris Uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say no but what if we had a mutant wave every oh let's see you say every falls that'd be annually how about if we had a mutant wave every year and a half you know or maybe not as a year and a half year and a quarter you know just something along the lines of five seasons you know or something like that that one can sure. dream because they've got plenty of time to sprinkle the mutants over time i'm not worried about that at all it's weird because chris you and i have a lot of affinity towards 
the things in particular that come to the front of my mind, which are mutants. We've talked about the web heads and then the villains of the Spider-Man world. There's a lot of that's not represented in this game yet, which is crazy. Very, very much. I'm not worried about it. (laughs) <laughs> at all like no and i shouldn't be what's more interesting to me chris is like the things that they're going to surprise us with like these things that they just come with out of nowhere like hydra bob you know things that just you just don't expect okay really quick question then we'll move on to actually hitting the news but let's let's do a little little mini stravaganza quiz what was your most unexpected curveball that they threw at you on a mini extravaganza just out of nowhere. Genuinely, that's really hard, Chris, because there were so many amazing models announced at these mini extravaganzas. I think the ones that I was most excited about should surprise none of the listeners. It was probably Mysterio and Lizard. That was just very, very exciting to me. Followed closely by Craven and Carnage. Can we just inter- interject here while we're on that subject? That Lizard sculpt... <laughs> I know. Just like when we first saw it, it just absolutely blew us away. And it was both of us for sure. I know I speak for both of us on that point, but mm-hmm. that was also a big signifier after Hella that these these sculpts are going to get pretty buck nasty oh absolutely and i still think lizard holds the top spot which is saying something chris because you know we did our countdown episode recently blades incredible dude oh blades up there yeah we did but we did 107 models and then if you add black swan super giant heimdall and scourge that's 111 and then if you add the alt sculpts of peter parker and doc ock we're at 113 sculpts and i i genuinely think lizard's in the top five top three which is unbelievable because now they're reaching this critical mass of 120 plus, you know, who knows what will be announced at mini extravaganza. But to answer your first and most difficult question, I think the most unexpected and interesting model for me to happen was magic because we got all these mutants that were kind of staple mutants that everybody knows. Even people in passing at least know what they look like. They might not know their name, but they know what Colossus looks like. Then you get magic and the sculpt is out of control, absolutely out of control. And the model is just perfect in the game. And so I think I think that, you know, was very unexpected for me at that last mini stravaganza. So but I feel like you're you're gonna pull back in a, maybe an earlier mini stravaganza for your answer. Am I right? You you hit the nail on the head. I think my most unexpected surprise, just blow away mini stravaganza reveal was the cable reveal Mm, one of the better models in the game once again yeah and in a way the whole x-force affiliation i just didn't see it coming that early and uh nice yeah and of course i was on i was riding a cable high at that point in my life and (laughs) to see him to see him come around in Uh you know be brought into mcp at the same time uh while i was kind of riding that that high and that that cable momentum if you will uh was very cool and what a wave too, Chris, like Cable coming with Domino and then they oh, had yeah. the curveball of what I just mentioned, Deadpool coming with Hydra Bob and the taco truck terrain. And the Hydra Bob, that was another kind of first for them, Hydra Bob was. So we, yeah. we, we tend to see some interesting mechanics. Well, we see interesting mechanics from Atomic Mass all <laughs> the, the whole time. Thing. So <laughs> so maybe, maybe the point's invalid. Anyway, <laughs> one quick point before we take care of some business and then head into the news. Jesse, we do have to at least mention our game. You did throw it at the top of the show. I think people I did. were kind of I did. sitting on the edge of their seat. Like, did they actually play? We did. We did play for a uh, our, our local game shop, an MCP league we're doing. Yeah, six week league, Chris. And yep. this was our third week game. And the sad irony of this is the reason we played is because both you and I were two and zero. Oh before this game yeah some great games before this one but uh, I, i'm lucky enough to be going two and zero into our game and now i am lucky enough to be two and one after our game <laughs> <laughs> uh we had a great game of mystique yep. brotherhood versus shadowland daredevil it was pretty wild shadowland criminals wild is is definitely the word for it chris Demons downtown and cubes, it gets it gets bloody quick. That's a lot of violence in the way of damage from the cubes and, of course, the incinerates from the demons downtown. It was a lot of fun. It was my first time playing Magneto, uh, Magneto's model ever. So I, I made a lot of mistakes because of that. But that's okay. That's why we play. It is why we play. And I'm continuing to be floored and impressed by 
juggernaut. That character oh is Oh, my insane. gosh. He is absolutely nuts. And I'll just cut through all the chaff for you guys at home about the conclusion I've come to with Juggernaut. And this should this should help you if you're a longtime listener of the show. Chris and I tout particular characters on the show all the time. And one of those characters we tout as an S-tier character is T'Challa, the Black Panther. And in a weird way, Juggernaut, if you're playing him right, is just a big, slow, more healthy Black Panther. And that's how you should be playing him, too. The same way you play Black Panther. Just that secure monster. And also, he can pick up stuff on the way and hang on to it. And if that's what he's doing for you, you're doing it right. And then if you do more than that, you're really getting a lot of value out of him, I think. And that's what I've been trying to learn playing him. He demolished me. He's unstoppable. Absolutely. It was fun. It was very fun. We'll probably cover it on the After Dark or something soon. We'll, right? we'll do something like that. But I'll leave you all with this. Magneto is a bad, bad man. Yes, he is. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games, Inc. Go to DiscountGamesInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoyed this show and like to join our patron Discord community, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we have a very special shout out to our patron of the week, and that patron is Tom S. Tom, thanks, man. Thank you, Tom. It means a lot. And of course, Chris, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers. Zach Attack, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan C., and Brian. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, Avenger team. All right, Chris, let's get over to May 2022 News Roundup. All right, Chris, we're going to start off the news with something very simple and very unexpected that AMG did. They announced a new pack coming out for the game. It was called the Black Order Affiliation Pack. Now, what's cool about this is you hear the word affiliation pack, and I feel like this is a door that's being opened for the future for new players. We did mention we're we're approaching 115 models in our very near future, potentially, and this is a great way to get new players to jump in because they can pick up one of these packs, has all the essentials for this faction, and they can kind of get started. So I'll tell you what's in the pack, and they'll kind of frame this a bit better. So in this pack, it's a merging of the two boxes of the Black Order before, and the boxes are Ebony Maw and Black Dwarf box and the Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight box. They're just smashed together into one box, which is awesome. But then you also get several Black Order team tactics cards. You get first of the Black Order, which is a new card we're going to talk about today. You get Execute, Blood Despair, the Price of Failure, Ebony Maw's Shush card, Mothership, and you get just get a Marked for Death in there, which is nice because you got Marked for Death in one of these packs before. And then, Chris, even more excitingly, when you buy this pack, you get the Space Gem, the Time Gem, the Mind Gem, and the Reality Gem. So why is this value? Well, this has an MSRP $59.99. And here's what's crazy, Chris. You and I have already bought the Black Order stuff way before this. Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight's pack is $39.99. And Black Dwarf and Ebony Maw's pack is $49.99. So essentially, you can frame this as, I'm going to get Ebony Maw and Black Dwarf's box, spend $10 more, get two more models, and get more cards. There are a number of reasons to be excited about this even if you're not a black order fan this signaling like jesse said the possibility of more of these down the line you're going to see faction updates through this probably maybe model updates through this eventually but all in all this is an excellent value and creates an excellent onboarding spot for anyone to start playing the game quickly easily Mm -hmm. and cheaply if they are you know can't really go ham like uh some of us have the luxury of being able to do perfectly said chris yeah you could just pick up a core set ideally pick up one of these affiliation packs maybe a character you like and you're good to go and that's if that's going in pretty hard but that's pretty hard but the price is right you know it's going to be a lot lower than it would have been in the past and i just think of the possibilities with this going forward like i just think it's so cool to have these inflation packs and i think it's a huge boon for the game they don't affect us at all because we try to buy most of the models that come out but it will absolutely affect new players like chris if there was a box that exists in the future that was cable domino x23 honey badger yep you nailed it pick that up because that is your x-force core most games 
Okay. And you're ready to play X-Force. I love that so much. So, and if you could shave off some dollars like they did with this, because that's just the huge win of this, Chris. I mean, we're, we're seriously talking $90 that's been reduced down to $60 and you're getting some new cards that aren't in the packs that we had prior because this first of the Black Order card actually comes with Supergiant and Black Spawn. This is just great. New players and old alike. We're going to be able to get some teams we missed out on or maybe weren't interested in when we first got into the game. Just so many things that uh, we're just going to keep on saying. So, Jesse, I think it's time to move on to the next exciting piece of news. The next exciting piece of news is Mini Stravaganza's full schedule is released. And, you know, we're going to talk through a couple of the points that pop out to us because there is a lot. Most remember... AMG is Asmodee's premier and only miniature game company within the company now. So, of course, there's a lot of Star Wars miniature-related content, which I'm very interested in, but not relevant to us with MCP. So, Mini Stravaganza is June 9th, 10th, and 11th. So, that's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, respectively. And it started at 9 a.m., Chris. It's starting at 9 a.m. with an opening ceremony, and then that's going to last till 9.30. And then at 9.30, we're going immediately into Legion Star Wars Legion content, and they're going to talk about the new faction, which of course revolves around the scum and villainy and the crime syndicates in Star Wars. It's very exciting. But right after that at 11, we have a painting panel and we have no idea what this is. Well, I have a pretty strong hunch on what it is. We have have a strong hint here, (laughs) following up the Star Wars panel, of course. But here's what's interesting. We have the Star Wars painting panel, but then right after that, we have Sound and Fury painting Nick Fury panel. So learning how to paint Nick Fury, that's great. There's a lot of complex things going on on Fury. We got leather. We got a bodysuit. We got guns. We got all kinds of tactical things happening. But we know how AMG works, Chris. They like to sprinkle spoilers throughout the week, throughout Bingo. all these streams. Yes. So that's a big thing. There will be spoilers in every one of these M- MCP painting streams. And it looks like we've got quite a few. Oh, we absolutely do. But I don't get the vibe, Chris, that Thursday's MCP's day. Because for the rest of the day, until 9 p.m., it is Star Wars X-Wing, Star Wars Armada, and Star Wars Legion content. Ending the day with, of course, the best Star Wars content, painting Ewoks. Congratulations on the Ewoks. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to, uh, you know, have that uh, nature uprising against the evil empire. But we start Friday off with MCP straight out the gate, which is very exciting. At 9 a.m., we have From Earth to Asgard panel. One can assume this is the Scourge and Heimdall panel, which is very exciting, but you never know what they're throwing at these MCP panels, Chris. It's true. You never really know. But they're also going to be sprinkling things in for uh, Legion and, and just Star Wars in general. Pretty, It's going to be pretty exciting. Yep. A lot of Shadow Collective. After that, we're going to have a couple of more Star Wars related events, some painting and some gameplay. Then Mm. we're going to move on to the next MCP related event will be painting Earth's protectors shields up. So this is obviously how to paint the uh, shield grunts and things. Yeah, maybe some members of shield, like some of the models that we saw in that very cool shield list. Like we talked about these characters that are making a return to the game because of shield. Who knows, Chris? After that, there's a Star Wars X-Wing diorama painting stream. And then after that, there's an end of the day celebration. That's from 7 to 9 p.m. I have no idea what this entails. These are typically where they drop really big tidbits, these type of things, the end of the day. But also just be a hangout between all the devs and uh, painters and stuff. So we will see. But starting Saturday, Chris, we have two Star Wars paint streams. And then we have a Asgardians in Action Marvel Christ Protocol gameplay stream. That's from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Saturday. And one can hope we're seeing new Asgard models on the table during this stream. I believe that that will happen. And followed quickly by a Star Wars stream and then a X-Wing paint stream. And this is where it gets interesting, Chris. The last painting stream with MCP and the whole con is a superhero's best friend painting animals. There's things here. There's a lot of animals in Marvel and there's... We've got some teams now that only involve animals. There's a lot of things. And I know some fans are clamoring for one particular character who's a fan favorite that I don't know much about. I'm not a huge fan of her, but I could be swayed after we do our episode. We'll see. She's friends with animals. But I don't know, Chris. I have no idea what this means. I have a hot take. Mm -hmm. Beta Ray Bill. Is that that hot? (laughs) 
No, it's not. <laughs> it's coming. And I expect it's coming like, at, at the six extravaganza, but mini extravaganza, but yeah. But no, painting animals is genuinely hard. So I like that they're doing the stream, but it's specifically an MCP painting animal stream. So with Lockjaw, the only animal we actually have in the game at this moment, it's very intriguing. It's very exciting. And then they have a closing ceremony, Chris, which, you know, is just a short closing ceremony. But at many extravaganzas in the past, they've dropped stuff at the front of this weekend. They've dropped stuff in the middle and they've dropped big stuff at the end. I'm looking at you last mini extravaganza last fall where at the very end, they dropped the errata news and the character errata news, you know, which was the biggest MCP news we've had since the game came out. Yeah. So we will see. I'm most excited about this painting animal stream because I have no idea what this means or what this could be. Big fan here of alligator Loki and throg frog thor but you know we'll see we will find out but yeah that's that's all we know right now those are the set things of course they always drop news and panels and all sorts of stuff throughout the weekend on top of the stream so these are just this is just the stream schedule that makes sense chris so this is kind of just the primary visual video events but you never know they might drop some new panels to play on us a lot of cool things like that right like one can hope. We will have a ton to talk about. That is for sure. But speaking of a ton to talk about, Chris, we have a very exciting thing to talk about, which is the Black Order now. And we have two new members of the Black Order. And you and I wanted to wait till we had both their cards talked about them on the show. We are talking about Black Swan and Supergiant today and the new Black Order cards that come with them that are going to open the Black Order wide up, which is very exciting. Very, It is very exciting. We start seeing them around a lot again, which is going to be cool because we'll see a new new take with these new tools yeah absolutely and i think we just got to jump right in with black swan she is a four threat character her defenses are four physical four energy three mystic she has a stamina of six health she moves medium on a small base normal movement and she has a height of two and her stamina on her backside is six as well putting her a total of 12 pretty average defenses for a four threat chris but it is we do like seeing to the stats being four up you know absolutely but her health is average to a little low compared to some characters but we're going to see some of the reasons why i think very soon but black order getting another fourth threat character on top of corvus glaive without the gym what's well, preface because most people playing with the gym at five and then black dwarf at four other than that this is their third fourth threat but chris let's just talk about her attacks because i'll just say up front this is a character that has a lot in common with rogue but it's a very different flavor from rogue so we're going to talk about her and we're going to frame around our reference of being the the rogue podcast take a shot take a drink and we can compare the two and talk about initial impressions obviously we're going to learn more as we go on when we play more of her and we'll see how right or wrong we are oh absolutely but i mean first things first she's got some dice man we've got a Five strength, uh, range two strike. Yep. There's a push on the wild, size four or less. That's that's nice. That's insane. That's good. We've got a range three energy, uh, five strength with a pierce. Of course, that one's going to cost one power instead of being a. Uh, it is a spender, not a gainer. Cheap spender. Yep. But it does give auto incinerate. Ooh, auto incinerate. Yeah. Insane. I kind of buried the lead there, didn't I? <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> A range three attack with five dice energy is just strong in general with Pierce. Like, that's just strong. But then you add auto incinerate after it's resolved. Now we're cooking with gas, right? Things are happening. It's pretty nasty. You want me to read this third attack, though, Chris? Because it's there's a lot here. There's <laughs> a lot. Get after it. So her final and third attack is a second, a second spender. Costs four power. It's called Everything Dies. It's a physical attack. Range two again. So same as the strike. Strength of eight, Chris. But it gets better. It has a wild trigger of throw. After the attack is resolved, the target character is thrown short. No size restriction. So that's nice. Size four and size five. So Dormammu, she's coming for you. And then also she has a hit trigger, kind of like rapid fire, where you just need that one hit called follow up. After this attack is resolved, Black Swan may make an eye beam attack without paying the power cost so i-beam was the one that chris just talked about that gives auto incinerate with pierce at range three the additional i-beam attack must target the original target character and ignores range and line of sight so you throw them away which is good enough we talked about how strong that is on rogue right no size restriction and then you get to perform a free i-beam attack on them so you hit them with eight dice physical throw them and then you hit them with five dice energy with a pierce incinerate them this is getting scary chris like this is Very. i mean there's a reason this costs four and southern hospitality costs three but definitely one of the best spenders in the game easily <laughs> look man it's nice it is you know 
like Rogue, it's physical. Yep. But oh my gosh, it's just that th- auto throw essentially. I mean, yeah, Rogues is an auto throw, but this one's a wild throwing even bigger sizes. There's there's cool traits some, here. We got some nits to pick here. It's it's more. It's a, neat. She's a side grade, like you said. She's a side grade to Rogue. She's not strictly yep. better than Rogue. Rogue no. is not strictly better than her. They are four threat powerhouses that have quite a few things in common, and one of them is the next thing I'm going to talk about. That's right. It is her first superpower. It is an active superpower. It will take you in action. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to cost you two power. It's one of my favorite powers in the game. It's charge. Exactly the same as Rogue's. Yep. Makes a move action followed by an attack action. She's going to need it. Because you want oh, to yeah. attack with her. You want to attack with her. A lot. Moving on, Chris, she has a reactive superpower called Midnight Field. It costs X power. Very cool. I love this one. Oh, absolutely. When this character is defending, it may spend any amount of power to use the superpower during the opponent's modify die step of the attack. For each power spent to use the superpower, Black Swan may change one wild in the attack to a blank. So this is Modok's most infuriating power ever, except she has to pay for it. Modok doesn't have to pay for his. Turn their wild triggers off like their throws, their incinerates, their conditions, but also you're turning a hit off. You're just turning a hit to blank. Right. It's that deceptive, I talk about on the show all the time, Mm -hmm. my favorite character to play in the game, Supreme Strange, his sort of defensive pierce, it's that as well, but it's also you taking away them triggering stuff, you know? So that's why Strange's defensive pierce with his mystic armor of Strange is so good, turning off wilds. This is the same situation. It's good. It's very good. But once again, it's different. Rogue, of course, is automatically going to reduce by one. That's right. She can't take away wilds. Taking away that wild, and like you said, it, it hits two different spots, but mm-hmm. taking those pierces on like a Laura Kinney on an X-23, that just can be game-breaking. It really can. I like it. Next up, her last you know, real superpower, her innates are pretty decent too, but this is telepathic suggestion. It's going to cost you one. When Black Swan is attacking, they may use this superpower during the modify opponent's dice step of the attack. If Black Swan does, they may re-roll one opposing defense dice. She has Oscorp weaponry from the Spider Foes on her card. Gross, man. We talked about how strong it is with the Spider Foes because you get yes. to see all defensive dice before you decide. She has to pay for it. They don't. It's their, their team thing. They get to do it one time per turn. So it can be clutch. Like it could be Nuts. one of those situations like, oh, if I deal them one more damage, they are just dazed or KO'd. Okay, I'm going to spend telepathic suggestion, reroll their dice. There's a high chance I can get them, you know, that type of thing. Very cool. Closing out her card, Chris, you mentioned her innates. She has the innate power of flight. What do you know? Just like Rogue. And then she's a gem bearer of the power gem. So to refresh your memory, the power gem reads like this. It gives you an innate ability. During the power phase, this character gains two additional power instead of the normal one for having an infinity gem. Excellent. So she gains three power during the power phase if she has the power gem. One from the round, two from the gym. You think that's enough to be worth making her a five threat character? It's definitely enough to make her worth a five threat. Now, here's the question, Chris. I think this character is so well designed and so well balanced within the game that you're in a pickle here with the new gym rules. In the old gym rules, you would bring the power gym with you every time when you're 10 oh, slots yeah. and flux her up or down depending on the threat, team, etc. That's not the case anymore. You have to lock it in, right? You got to lock in that gem all the way. I have this issue all the time with Loki. I want him just at four threat, and I also want him at five threat with the mind gem. But Black Swan, you have to make a decision. So you've got to know your plan. So I think she's perfectly fine and awesome as a four threat, but obviously she's a powerhouse as a five threat, and you've got to make that decision at your roster creation because remember, that gem is stapled to this character, and you can't ever take it off you know, until you change your roster completely. So if you're in the middle of a tournament or something and this is locked on her, she's a five threat that whole tournament, you know? That's just it, yeah. That's just it. But to jump off of that, she needs it, I think, because the only thing holding her back from being out of control is is power, you know? That's it. I mean, you could <laughs> sneak her in some specific teams and not have to take that, Jim. Just there you go. throwing that out there. I think we've got to move on to the next character because this one's even, from this man's perspective, even more exciting. I agree, Chris. This Supergiant kit is awesome. I mean, this is a character that you and I 
talked about how much we loved, even despite her having less screen time in the Infinity Saga sort of comics run. But she's an awesome character, and she's this character I'm most interested in this box, even though I think we're going to see more of Black Swan over time because she's just, like I said, just good. An aggro rogue, rogue with more damage is, is an interesting pivot. But let's talk about Supergiant. Her name is Supergiant. Her alter ego is Supergiant. Her defenses are one physical, three energy, four mystic. On her healthy side, she has a stamina of five. On her injured side, she has a stamina of five. Her threat cost is three. Her height is two. And unfortunately, Chris, she is a small base with a short move. So she's in that crossbones, mysterious world of tying them for the slowest characters in the game. But good reason. They had to attach some drawbacks to what she's bringing to the table, man. Let's start off with her first attack. It is a mystic attack. It is called Mental Vampire. It's range 3, strength 5, power cost of 0, of course. Standard gainer. Uh, It also triggers drain life. After this attack is resolved, if it dealt damage, remove 1 damage from Supergiant. Love it. Omega Red has it. Yeah, Yeah, he's the only character that has it other than Venom. And Venom's is contingent on dealing damage and and the amount he does and stuff. So it's a little bit different, but you you mentioned it's a straight gainer. Yeah, it's just a straight gainer. She doesn't build power for this. It's just one power auto, but we've talked about how cool those are, you know, just knowing you gain one power. Yeah, this is good. It's range three, it's five, you gain one, and then you heal one. I, I, I really like that. But moving on, Chris, there's a reason we got to keep her power unchecked as well. <laughs> yeah. She has an insane spender attack that I just absolutely in love with. It's a mystic attack called Devastate Intellect. It's a range two, so you have to be very close. So she's very slow. So this is going to be difficult, but it is a strength of eight and a power cost of eight. So we're in that sort of unusual and unlikely and unseen for the most part in MCP Iron Fist range. Yep. These are not common. That's so much power. But let's read all the clauses in it. There's a lot. If this attack would deal damage, it does not. And the target character loses that much power instead. So a weird twist on the pennant stare. This is a crazy thing, but it's got a lot of triggers, a lot. So the first trigger is if you get a wild, you give them stun. After attack is resolved, the target character gains stun. If you get two wilds, like that. you give them stagger. After the attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition. Okay. Amazing. Very hard to get. But yeah, just dogpile, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're taking all their power. You're giving them stun and a stagger. Remember these stacks. Gross. These stack, just yeah. like on the Hulk's card. When you see if he hits all those trial triggers, he gets to give them all these things. You've taken all their power. You're giving them stun. You give them stagger. But really, there's the crazy roll at the end. <laughs> if you get a crit, a wild, a hit, another hit, a critical failure skull, and another critical failure skull. Yes, listeners at home, that's six results on the dice you need to get. You will trigger Devour Mine. After the stack is resolved, if the target character is healthy, it now becomes dazed. If the target character is injured, it now becomes KO'd. Yahtzee. Wild. We need something when this happens, just like when Gene happens. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're right. I need you to like yell super giant with the vigor you would in a retirement home in your 70s when you yell bingo. You know, I, I need this to be a big moment because this is not going to happen hardly ever. Just hardly ever. When it does, document it. Oh, remember please. it. Cherish it. It's still more likely than fearful symmetry. You know, killing Peter Parker with Craven exactly right. at the right time and then turning into Peter Parker with the card in your hand. But still, Chris, this is not flavor. This is always a possibility. You know what I mean? Like this is not some sort of like pipe dream per se. It's very hard to get, namely because the two skulls, honestly, because they're they're one side of the die. But there's ways to buff up dice in this game. We know this. And on its worst day, this attack, you're just flush on power and you're just stripping all the power off the Hulk or something. That's huge. And which allows you to dive back in and really try to target a big character mm. like the Hulk. If if this mm-hmm. can get through, depower that that She Hulk, that Hulk, Oof. you know, any number, Juggernaut. Magneto. Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Thanos. Any of these, you know, five, six threat, yeah. you know, just damage dealers. You can take them right out, man. Absolutely. But we got to go into her superpowers and I'll read the first one here because she has a lot and they're very complex. The first one is an active superpower called Submit cost x power supergiant may spend up to five power to use its superpower choose a civilian token within x range 
of Supergiant, where X is the amount of power you spent to use a superpower. Supergiant may interact with the chosen token without paying its power costs. She's sucking civilians to her with her mind control. They're running right to her and she's picking them up. So keep in mind, the interact cost is built into this too, Chris, which is nice. You know, it's not like, it's not like, oh, the civilians range three, the civilian extracts range three away and you pay one to interact. You just pay three and you pick them up. This is a huge part of her kit. I will bring up the downside of it right away. Not all extracts have civilians. Most of them have assets right now. She might be a, um, you know, kind of a one map play type character. Yeah. I mean, Mysterio has his place for these same reasons. Right. He's, he's a couple shapes that he likes and that's it. So this might be the case with her entirely. So her next superpower is a reactive superpower. It is Supreme Control. Oh, these names. I know. They're so good. Uh, the next two, especially. It will cost you two power. When an allied character within range four of Supergiant would be pushed, Supergiant may may use this superpower. The allied character is not pushed. That's awesome. You know, counter control play. It's a great tool. And like I said, something that might see limited use, but extremely effective. I don't know. She's feeling like a niche play to me, but an extremely powerful one. Absolutely. You say niche, Chris. But you and I are obsessed with Gene on this podcast. And Gene's a five threat character that has Shield Mind. You're right. And Shield Mind is this power, but it also has has the and clause of superpowers. So obviously Gene being a five threat, hers is the better version of this, as it should be, because Gene's is placed or advanced. Supergiants is pushed. But Chris, yeah. let me frame this for you and the listener right now. This costs two power. There's a card in the game right now that a lot of us are playing in our lists. <laughs> it's called You're Indomitable. Right. And there's a reason we're playing on our list because we don't like our models to be pushed outside of their activation stuff. And this is just Indomitable on a character. Super cool. That is very powerful. and For your team. For your whole team. And what? You could play in it a couple range. ways, right? You could play it as you take Indomitable as well for the characters outside of the range. And then yeah. she protects everyone, uh, you know, kind of in whatever range. I'm, I'm assuming she's sitting on a back point, you know. Or Indomitable for her, right? Or Indomitable for her. You're right. Or you can play her and not take Indomitable at all and free up that slot for mm-hmm. a, another card. Yeah, Indomitable is slightly better because it's pushed and thrown. Sure. Sure, but this is what hers is just all pushes. So, like, this is web warrior tech. This is Wakanda tech. I I, I love this so much. So, I, I find this very cool. And good players are going to use this so well. But we got to move on to her innate superpowers because she has three, and they're super paramount to her kit. So, the first one is ethereal. If Supergiant would suffer two or more damage from a physical attack or collision, she suffers one instead. Additionally, if this character suffers damage from a physical attack collision, she drops all objective tokens she is holding. That's the downside of this. The upside of this is you've got your own exceptional healing built into a character, essentially, against physical attacks, which obviously she's extremely weak against physical attacks with her one physical defense. But Chris, this kind of guarantees that you have to attack her so many times, even with physical attacks, to guarantee she goes down. With physical attacks, you do now. She's rolling, she's throwing four dice uh, on mystical attacks, of course. Yep. I think there's a weakness in there on energy, man. At that three, just average. At three level, you have the right team, and that's that's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, energy is probably her genuine weakness, and that's something to think about. But I don't think people understand how powerful this is. Because I think people read this, and they're like, it's oh, I just hit her five man. times, and she dies. Well... That's five actions that you're not doing other things. That's five actions you're not scoring. You're not putting (laughs) damage on someone else. You are not contesting an objective. Guys, bingo. You nailed it. Well, also, Chris, let's not forget, she has a gainer that heals her for one life. So the math on this gets really wonky quick. Goodness, it's almost like (laughs) hitting her with physical attacks is a waste of time by design. Crazy. Here's the craziest waste of, waste of time part for it. I mean, yeah, we I know, know right? most physical attacks in the game are range two, and like you had to come to her, and then maybe she moves laterally and then hits you with mental vampire. Now she's back at five health again. You got to hit her five times again. Yeah, like, there's a lot of things here. I know she's weak to physical attacks, but five actions to take her out. 
you whiff sometimes. You just whiff sometimes on dice, too. I play a lot of healing factor characters. Ooh, yep. Let's have your insight. Being able to have an exceptional healing on every physical attack is a luxury that you can actually play around. Making sure she's skewing towards their heavy physical attackers, maybe keeping out of the range of uh, the big energy attacks late game if you can. Like you said earlier, Jesse, she is a 100% control piece. And if you can set the board up right and play this scenario into your favor, manipulate your opponent into playing this the way you want it to play out, to play to her strengths, she can be insanely powerful. But like you said, dice fail sometimes and sometimes they go off. So, you you know, know. she is only a three threat character, so she's not taking up much of threat value in your team. I think she's a super solid three threat character. Yeah, she is very specialized for sure and hard to play. Yeah. But still, there's more. There's more. We've got two more innate superpowers here. And the first one is Omnipathy. When an enemy character within range three of Supergiant rolls one or more crits in any roll, after the effect is resolved, Supergiant gains one power. There it is. Pretty sweet. This is why she doesn't have a builder. Mm-hmm. But it also means you have to be on your game. You have to be paying attention to the dice. You got to be it's a hard character to play. Just like when you, like I talk about in the show, every opportunity for Mysterio to roll dice is more power that he could potentially gain. Just like the same with Beast. Super Giants like that, but with your opponent's dice. So you've got to keep an eye on their dice. You got to keep an eye on gaining power because Submit and Supreme Control are no joke, Chris. They're no joke. And if you're playing a map of civilians, submit is crazy, but Supreme Control is the main reason you're spending power with her. And sometimes you're just going to be super flush on power and you, you you might try that Devastate Intellect. You might just try it. And if you hit Devour Mind Man, uh, tweet a picture at me. Thank you. Please. Her last innate superpower is that she is a gem bearer. Super Giant can bear the soul gem. And a refresher for you at home, the Soul Gem is a one threat cost gem that will take Super Giant up to four threat. When an enemy character within range four of this character uses an active or reactive superpower, this character gains one power after that's resolved. So anytime enemies use a superpower around her in her range four bubble, she gains one power. Obviously with the Soul Gem, she starts getting tons of economy on top of the superpower Chris just talked about, looking out for crits, the Omnipathy. This is super cool. And once again, you're in a tough spot with these two ladies because they're so good at their threat. They're so good at what they do at their threat. But then you add these gems and they just take them to a different level. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's how these gems are supposed to be, Chris. And I love that they're so balanced that you sit here and look at this and you say, what does my team need? You know, does my team need a four threat super giant or a five threat black swan? Or does my team need a four threat black swan or a three threat super giant? I'm thinking initially i'm gonna lean towards the gym list that's the way i would take both. that as well yeah yeah see see what they're like gemless then play some games with the gym you know later on after you've gotten a feel for the character and you feel like you're playing them relatively well then you slap a gem on and see how it changes things absolutely and i've got a footnote here chris on top of your topic about essentially her having healing factor off of her gainer. She heals one damage off herself. And on top of that, she has ethereal, which is like exceptional healing against physical attacks baked into her card. Yep. But there's a black order card that came out early in the game's life cycle when the black order first came out called blood to spare. It's a black order reactive card. It's a very cool card. A lot of people use it with Corvus and stuff a lot just to get another attack off. But I think it has a true purpose now in my favorite Black Order member, which, which is Super Giant. Reactive. When a Black Order character would be dazed by an enemy effect, the Black Order member who would be dazed may spend three power to play this card. The character immediately performs an attack before gaining the dazed token. If this attack results in the character removing damage, it is now not dazed. Very smart. Very smart. No one ever knew what this meant before because the Black Order had no way of not being dazed. The characters prior to her. But now you can use Mental Vampire to heal Heal. one, and it's like another exceptional healing, (laughs) you know? Potentially, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. They thought they dazed you, right? And you just say, actually, I'm still alive with one life, and action economy is all messed up. The dice still have to go the right way, but yes, this could absolutely change the game. 
keeping a character on being able to get that last activation before they get flipped or taken off the board can be a massive, massive momentum swing in any game. Oh, absolutely. And obviously this card is good with all the Black Order members because they get to perform a free attack before they go oh, out. Man, they've got some pretty big attacks, yeah. But it's the coolest with Supergiant because she can essentially, let's say she hadn't activated that round and then she was dazed, so you lost a lot of action economy. Well, they performed two attacks on her and the second one dazed her and you play this card, perform her attack, and she's still alive because she healing factored herself essentially, and she gets to go now, and you didn't lose any action economy, right? So, and you also netted a free attack out of it. So it's it's very cool. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal at all. But speaking of Black Order cards, Chris, we have three new cards in this set. So the first one we're going to read is Black Onslaught. It's a new Black Order card. Reactive. So remember, your team has to be Black Order to play this just as a refresher. So more than half of your team would have to be Black Order, but very cool card. If Black Swan is within range two of an allied Black Dwarf when she uses her charge superpower, Black Dwarf and Black Swan may both play one power to play this card. So keep in mind, with Black Swan, you're going to be paying three power because you're paying two for the charge and one for this card. And Black Dwarf is paying one for this card. So she's paying three, he's paying one to do this. After the charge movement action is resolved, but before making her charge attack action, you may place Black Dwarf within range one of Black Swan. Black Dwarf, this is huge for him because he is a he's a problem when he's in your face, but he's very slow. He's nice. She just gave him a, a ride. <laughs> and, and he's not he's only there. that, but this is a great way to get him over some terrain as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it might block him up a little bit. Giving him flight for a turn can't be bad, right? No, but I mean, obviously, most importantly, giving him, it just depends on where he is. He could be way behind her, right? He could be full max range two distance, plus her medium move, plus base size drop down. You've got a lot of movement here. Yeah. This is super sweet, man. I think this might be turning him online because we don't see a lot of him right now. And I think a reason we don't see a lot of him is the obsession with the Thanos three wide black order team. And I think that's about to be broken open too. So I think pair that with giving him a charge here, essentially and a teleport up the map. You can also pair this with mothership. There's a lot of cool things that can happen here, Chris, you know, it's like gross, man. You can do stuff, you know, black orders looks like they're getting cool movement stuff, but why don't you read us our next card? Cause I am very excited about it. I'm super excited about it. And I, I do believe that this podcast might have, called our shot on uh, this kind of mechanic being introduced into the game just to toot our own horn a little bit but the next card is first of the black order you must be playing black order and it is reactive if your squad does not contain thanos the mad titan after deployment when you would normally select your leadership ability corvus glaive may play this card Corvus Glaive gains the following leadership ability. It is your active leadership ability. The leadership ability is right-hand man, and it is Black Order affiliated. When an allied Black Order character dazes or KOs an enemy character, all other Black Order characters gain one power. (sighs) My, my, my. Yeah, this is very exciting. And this is definitely something we call on this show and something we're very excited about because... Yes, this does take up one of your tactics card slots. I understand that. Big deal. Yeah, you are not playing Thanos to do this. And you have Thanos as still an option in your lists. This is giving you flexibility. So the people that are getting fixated on it, taking up a tactics card slot, don't worry about that. Because this is an amazing leadership. Amazing. This is arguably as good or better than the normal Black Order leadership. Because the normal Black Order leadership, Chris, is very contingent on a lot of things. Thanos' front side, it's like when you KO a model, you score a VP. It takes a lot to get through two sides of every model to KO them and get VPs. I know Black Order does it. I know they can do it. But this is dazes or KOs. And you know how much Black Order dazes and KOs? It's a lot. So you're getting a lot of power for your team. But more importantly, you have a cheaper leader on a team that has a very expensive leader. Well, this is big. You now have a potentially four threat leader uh, i mean you know five. probably five but potentially four but four or five threat instead of eight threat chris because let's oh, be yeah. honest everyone's figured it out at this point you're playing black order you're playing fully loaded up thanos with two stones so he's at eight that's just how it is and five threat versus eight threat or four threat versus eight threat it's a big point swing dude <laughs> how about we how about we uh start floating the the wide black order list right Right? That's what I'm saying, man. They would 
chew through other wide lists, but still have maybe one less, maybe one yeah. less activation, but five or six yeah, instead of a still being able to still be able to kind of maneuver on these, you know, bigger shapes. Don't tempt me, Chris. Don't tempt me. I'm tempting you now. Officially, uh, you this is this is your official notice. It's so weird, Chris, because you and I. You know, this is a syndrome of the meta that I try to ignore, but it's like you can roll back time and look back at our Black Order episodes. We were very hyped in that series and very excited to learn more about the Black Order and dug really deep into that team. And I really fell in love with the Black Order in a lot of ways. And then they, you know, became just the super meta, super win everything team, three wide, do the same thing every game, eight threat Thanos, five threat Corvus, three threat Proxima, win every game be unbeatable at 16 threat essentially which is still the case right now and then i just lost interest you know and i was playing so much black order early on in particular with ebony maw and corvus of course because you got to have corvus if you're playing black order he's just kind of he's too the good piece he's just the piece yeah he's just too good he's the straw that stirs the drink <laughs> that's that's so true chris and you know he's one of the best models in the entire game at killing stuff but i really thought about it the other day of course he's so good at killing stuff like that's what he's made to do baby that is exactly what he's made to do and we talked about it in our all 107 characters in mcp in 60 seconds or less episode of our anniversary recently but you know something people forget in this why corvus is so good at killing stuff is he's good at killing stuff and then his spender gives him a free medium movement followed by a flurry and stuff and it's just it's action economy he's netting more attacks that's actually why he's good at killing stuff is it's not so much he's the perfect character at killing stuff that might be carnage or something it's he gets a bunch of extra moves to kill more things you know what i mean and then you add reality gem on top of that and you're dice fixing dice that don't normally work for anybody but getting back to this team this is super exciting starting with a five threat leader you know and maybe maybe oh, proxima and you're sending an eight threat and you're deciding, okay, where do I go from here? Do I bring one of these new ladies I've been talking about with the stone? Do I bring Ebony Maw? I mean, you know? come on. Black Swan's going to be an instant include in almost of course. every game you play if you're going this route. She's really good, man. We're going to see her everywhere, just like we're seeing Rogue, as we should. But, you know, I think it's very cool that she, Rogue is the all-rounder and Black Swan is just the higher damage version of that all-rounder character but she's less of an all-rounder what if rogue is our kind of standard our new standard four threat i feel like she has been chris for a while for you and well, me no, at least i guess what i mean is the four threat, oh, I see four threat by which we judge all other fours sure which she kind of already is rogue and black panther yeah we're, yeah we're kind of in that world still but what i'm saying is what if this what if that is the floor for that is the new amg standard for a four is interesting rogues power level or variations on rogues power level great points yeah i mean i think she's one of the best fours, so that'd be an interesting thought process for sure yeah i, I love her you know side grades side grades yeah closing out these tactics cards chris we have a card that should shock no listeners at home at all that is going makes me super excited for all the reasons it's called psychic shockwave it's an unaffiliated card so that means this can be played in teams that are not black order oh no but you have to have super giant and ebony maw to play this which is why you're excited yes we got some mystic control mixed with an effect on one of my favorite teams. Very cool. So Supergiant and Ebony Maw may each spend three power to play this card. There's a reason it costs three power. This is Supergiant Ebony Maw's version of well-laid plans. Roll five dice for each enemy character holding an objective token. The enemy character suffers one damage for each crit and wild result rolled. A character damaged in this way drops all objective tokens they are holding. The player playing this card chooses the order in which characters are affected. We have talked about over and over again, Chris, in this game that Doc Ock might be a little boring, but he is he's fine at his job. And if you're bringing him with Goblin, this card is always a potential terrifying card. Can just win games, make him drop all the objectives late game, pick him up. I mean, look, man, this card is insane. Ebony Maw is going to be back calling it right now. Yeah, you're going to be upset because Ebony Maw is going to be everywhere for a little bit. And you'll feel bad playing him, but uh, yeah, I'll be like, I played him so long. No one cares. This card, this card is just too good. It is. I mean, think about how good this is against teams. Like what I'm trying to play, you know, the mystique brotherhood team mm-hmm. or the spider yeah, yeah. teams shield shield Wakanda, these extract based, you know, kind of wider lists. Just this is killer, man. Killer. 
I just got to point out the flaw of this compared to Welly Plans. Welly Plans oh, is sure. a four, four threat and a three threat. This is a five threat and a three threat. And that's if neither one of them have gems. I've been touting on the show for a long time, as you know, Chris, that I think when Ebony Ma's card got changed and the gems got changed, I think him being a six threat with the space gem, the one where he just teleports himself up range two, can perform double attacks, perform more throws. I kind of staple it to him these days. I mean, I just oh, kind of make him, I've been making him a six threat for a while. You know, he was he was my first six threat of my initial yes. convocation and that space gym was essential in that process because if he's performing double attacks, like you're just, it's just like max, you're just doing well, you know? So if he has to move though, you're, you're having issues. So it's either a five and a three threat or a six and maybe a three threat or a four threat. So the price for this is a lot higher threat wise, but I think you're always bringing this in your 10. If these two models are in your list. Just always in your back pocket. I love it. I freaking love it. And I think we need to see more Ebony Maw and Supergiant on the table because there's some of those characters that are really hard to play and they're really rewarding if people play them right. You're going to see Supergiant, man. I hope so. That's all the news we have up today. It's very exciting, Chris. I think the biggest reason we're going to see Ebony Maw and Black Dwarf has nothing to do with these name cards. It has to do with this right-hand man of the Black Order leadership. I think Ebony Maw and Black Dwarf were always crushed by the fact that you're taking an eight-threat leader and you're taking Corvus Glaive every time. It's so limiting, yeah. You're already at so many points at that at that moment. And you're probably taking Proxima too, because why wouldn't you? Because Husband why wouldn't you? is insane. And Proxima is insane. And you have to make affiliation. Great point, Chris. But I mean, let's just... I feel like Proxima always gets pushed down a little bit, even though she's an essential piece she's of the She's really good. She's a long mover with invulnerability. That's what's nuts. Of, yeah, she's nuts, man. She is nuts. She she should be splashed more places than she is because 100% she's just 100% agree. Incredible. And now I'm wondering why she's not in my Mystique Brotherhood list. That's I a think great we question. Just, we might have just unlocked something, Jesse. Tight. I love it. But yeah, I think we're going to see a new Black Order, and I, I'm going to... Sp- play a ton of it, Chris, with no Thanos, you know, and just um, see what this is like. I think it's very exciting, but we'll see if we get any more news at Mini Stravaganza. Time will tell. Oh, gee, I don't think we will. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on social media. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook instagram and twitch at furious finest emails at furious finest at gmail.com with any ideas inquiries or collaborations and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice it genuinely helps us out listening subscribing and reviewing is the number one way you can help outside the patreon thanks to approaching nirvana for our show's music and like jesse said every little bit helps guys thank you so much for everything you've already done i'm sorry that the world we live in means we have to keep begging you to but we do algorithms i know i know man i hate it but thank you so much for uh blessing us enough to show up well in a few of these algorithms guys so thank you so much absolutely you can find chris and i on social media you can find me jesse on twitter and instagram at jesse aiken we're going to be posting a lot of star wars stuff soon (laughs) (laughs) one would assume Chris, where can everyone find you? Follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. I don't buy this Thunder going to trade back thing, man. Nah, they're staying at two. It's just what's happening. Okay. But but if they do trade back, you know, in, in Presti, we trust. That's what I'll leave you with this week. I'm always on the edge of my seat every time. Yeah. I know you are, buddy. You're, I know. You're my, you're my primary source. So, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> the news doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, very good. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this final news segment before the column for the storm. That is mini extravaganza. We're going to have more Black Order thoughts with this sort of first of the Black Order in the future. So we didn't want to expand too much here, but I think it's safe to say, Chris, while we're finishing this episode, like you mentioned already, Black Swan's going to be everywhere and you need to know how to have a plan against her. I'm not saying she's like the number one splash. I'm saying she immediately shot to the top of the list of characters that work in most teams. And you need to be aware of that. Just like Rogue. Bingo. Her kit fits so many places. It's not that she's better than every other four or whatever, though she's very good. And upper tier for sure. It's just that kit is just wonderful no matter where you put it. Perfectly said, Chris. Yeah. And if what I said earlier doesn't strike a chord or fear with you, maybe it should. When I say she's Rogue, she just does more damage. Ominous. 
But until the first of the Black Order arrive and rule over all of us, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Tin Buck says you're wrong. 